Hey, I'm Steve Folland. Welcome to another one. This episode of Being Freelance is supported by FreeAgent, the online accounting software that puts you in control of your freelancer finances. To claim your one-month free trial, visit freeagent.com slash beingfreelance. And support also comes from With Jack. They help keep you in business by supporting you financially or legally if you have problems with a client. Get the freelance insurance you deserve. A With Jack policy starts at just £14 a month and with zero cancellation fees and monthly plans, you have complete control over your protection. Visit withjack.co.uk and be a confident freelancer. And right now, let's find out what it's like being freelance for brand and marketing designer. Nick Jones. The ball started rolling sort of quicker. And then I got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm ready now to, you know, leave this career and move into this career. And I took lots of risks, but it paid off. <laughs> Learning how to say no was probably, I would say, the biggest lesson that I learned. Because I'm a people pleaser, so I like to just be like, yeah, I can do all the things. And that it doesn't work when you're a business person <laughs> at all. Actually, you know, the practical side of it is the easy bit. The psychological side, oh, yeah, tough. (laughs) Yeah, so there is Nick, this week's guest. By the way, as you noticed at the beginning there, another company has come on board to help support what I'm doing with being freelance. So just want to say a big thank you to With Jack. They do freelancer insurance. Honestly, it's so worth checking out. Withjack.co.uk. When I sorted my insurance with them earlier this year, you know, like when you're dealing with a company who actually cares about figuring out what it is that you do for business. And often I find it hard to explain what I do for a business. So it, it was really refreshing to actually find a company who wanted to make sure I got the right insurance. So, yeah, check them out. Thank you very much to With Jack for coming on board and supporting what I'm doing with the podcast. Speaking of which, this podcast hits its 200th birthday just before Christmas and we're going to be doing a very special live episode in London as part of the Underpinned Freelancers Christmas Party. Underpinned are putting on a Christmas party in their very cool offices in East London and yes, I I would love as many BFFs, being freelance friends to be there as possible. Details are in the Being Freelance community as to how you can get tickets. They're free tickets but you have to get them so be quick. They've only become available this week. I don't know how how long they'll be available. So yeah, if you're listening to this as it goes out, right at the beginning of November, then please go find yourself a ticket if you can be there on the 13th of December in London for episode 200, followed by a massive freelancer's Christmas party and a chance to hang out with each other. Should be really nice. Okay, speaking of lovely freelancers, let's talk to this week's, and that is freelance brand and marketing designer and the Nick behind the company name. Hello, I'm Nick. It is Nick Jones. Hey, Nick. Hello. Hello to you. Thanks for doing this. Okay, as ever, how about we get started hearing how you got started being freelance? Yes. Um, I've only been freelance for five for five years. Um, before that, I was in an admin career for 20 years. And I decided that if I carried on doing that, that I wouldn't be, oh, I wouldn't have a soul, basically. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved doing a lot of it, but not enough of it. So mid-30s or sort of early 30s, I decided to try and see how I could change things up and I always wanted to be a designer um, and I managed to get myself a an internship with a local design company 
And yeah, the company I was working for were really good. So they let me go off and do that. And yeah, became a designer, well, freelance designer 2014. Well, so did you totally leave the, the company where you were doing admin and did the internship or are you saying you did both at the same time? Yes. Yeah, so I, it was a, you know, it was a little transition. So um, the company that I worked for, you know, were, were quite a creative company anyway, but I was doing the admin for them. So they let me do a little bit of their sort of creativity as well as allowed me a day a week to go off and do the internship. And that, and that lasted for like a year and a bit. So, yeah. Wow. That is really decent. It was incredible. Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. But they only got that opportunity, I guess, because you bought it up oh, with them. Absolutely. Rather than just quitting. Yes. Yeah. So it was really good to to be in a company that cared enough. I'd been there by, by that time about nine years. So, you know, we knew each other quite well. So so at the end of that year, what then happened? You, you left your admin job and went to work for the other yeah. company? Or? Obviously, it wasn't as sort of, you know, slick as that. But um, no, so the, the company I worked for were a... Uh, web design company and during that time I realized that actually web design wasn't where I wanted to be but they helped me you know introduce me to people and it you know it was like a huge community and I got to know lots of designers and got lots of kind of um mentoring and um I got my first gig through that and it went from there so it was like sort of the ball started rolling sort of quicker um and then I got to a point where I was like okay I'm ready now to, you know, leave this career and move into this career. And I took lots of risks, but it paid off. <laughs> so did you go freelance straight away? Yes, with nothing apart from a client. <laughs> no no spare money. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> but through doing web design, you decided that that wasn't what you focused on. Yes. Yeah. So, so when you launched yourself as a freelancer, how did you go about getting those clients well, as I say, because it was a community, I was getting lots of contacts through that. And it turned out that, you know, I had more of a flair for sort of branding and, you know, the graphic side of it. And yeah, it just sort of went from there. Like I got clients via the people that I was working for. I guess if we rewound and looked at your site and who Nick was back then, like how would it, oh, how, how were you putting yourself across? Um, I think it was being in the right place at the right time, actually. Um I can't really remember myself back then. That was that feels like years ago, even though it was only like I don't know seven, maybe. Yeah, I don't actually. I honestly can't remember her. She's uh, she's dead to me. <laughs> That's funny though. So, so you feel like being freelance has has changed you? Oh my god, a hundred percent. I've I've got myself a life coach um, because I made a lot of mistakes in the beginning, as we all do, and I've really learned from them. And yeah, I do feel like I'm a completely different person to who I was. <laughs> Going back to how you were finding your clients and building your business right at the beginning, was that it then? Just word of mouth? Yes. Um, the first project I ever did, I'm still really proud of it, even though it, you know it's you know it's a bit rough around the edges. Um, it's something that was pretty big in Bath, where I you know where I come from at the time, and I'm really proud of it. And that sparked off you know people seeing who I was, and yeah, got clients through that. It wasn't a linear path. I think after that, I then got a job, a sort of freelance job, but it was kind of more of a kind of um, going into an office and doing the freelance work for a uh, a company that did, um, I can't remember what you call them. They're like property leaflets. So, you know, you get the leaflets through the door that says, oh, are you interested in selling your property? Then we can help you and you know, that sort of thing. Mm. Um, I did that for a bit. And yeah, so I sort of taken a few, you know, different turns to work out what it is I wanted to do. And how did you find 
the, I guess, running a business side of it? Because presumably you were pretty organised if you've been doing admin that long. Exactly. Yeah. I think, yeah, my admin side definitely helped. And obviously, uh, the later part of that career, I was um, office manager. So I was looking after a lot more of the sort of in-depth stuff. I was looking after staff and all that. And whilst I don't have staff, you know, you, you learn a lot about yourself and you learn a lot about how to kind of, you know, manage stuff uh, from that. So that definitely helped. And I'm still pretty organized today. So, you know. Like, are you somebody who has lots of systems in places or like how do you stay organized? I try and keep it as minimal as I can, um, especially now that I'm working on my own. When I was working for people, I was really good at creating systems and putting them all into place and all that. But I find I get really bogged down by the processes and, you know, apps and, you know, all that crap. So um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've got it down to an absolute minimum and that's the way I like it. So. What's your minimum? So you, you avoid apps? I try and avoid apps, yeah. I use, well, I use Slack and I use Bear app for notes and that's pretty much it. It's really easy. It's like basically going back to the old days. When I first started working, we didn't have apps. You know? <laughs> so, you, you know, you learn how to adapt to not having apps. Um, I mean, I'm kind of addicted to technology, but I don't really enjoy having them kind of barking at me all the time. So I'm, I've always got my notifications off, you know, um, I, yeah. so I keep it as minimal as I can. When it comes to your finances and stuff, do you go to, to spreadsheets? and? Uh, okay. That, yeah. I mean, when it comes to that, the first thing that I did when I became freelance was got myself an accountant because I can't do maths at all. That was one side of the admin thing that I was never in charge of ever <laughs> people realized that I wasn't that good at that so <laughs> yes I do use free agent for that okay so there's one friendly app but the rest of it you just try to ignore I try to avoid yeah I you know I've I've tried you know using productivity apps and you know Trello and all that but I just find I get bogged down with all the you know the lovely pictures that you can you know <laughs> <laughs> so has your business changed over time over the past five years or whatever it is yeah it's gone through a few uh, iterations. It's like, I think a couple of years ago, I, I had a bit of a tough time. I hired, um, a life coach to kind of help me. And it turned out that actually I needed more help with my personal stuff rather than the business stuff. And that's where we sort of headed off. And I decided actually I'm going to get a job because I, I can't concentrate on that and that. So I went off and got a job and realized I hated it. And it made me really appreciate being a freelancer. <laughs> so definitely worth doing because uh, <laughs> now I'm really determined. So, yeah. <laughs> what was it about being a freelancer that you missed when you went into that job? Oh, everyone's going to know what the answer is to this. But, uh, the freedom, obviously. You know, not working for someone. Uh, can I say this? Possibly not. Um, sometimes you have bosses that you don't really respect and this happened at this particular point and working for myself is absolutely bliss <laughs> not having to answer to people that I don't respect <laughs> so cut that out if you want <laughs> <But> <laughs> that's the truth it's the truth so when was that then when did you step back in for, and how uh, that was about two years back I think and I was only out for about say two or three months I realized yeah that was enough that made you want to yeah. And so what changes did you put into place? In what way? To get you back on track? Or was it more just that it was your personal life rather than the work life? And it was figured, yeah. because the two become so intertwined. They, they really they? do. They really do. Yeah. Um, 
I think it, it at that point it was like because I was changing so much of the personal stuff, it helped me change the my work attitude as well. And also having that job also helped me change my work attitude as well because I was I was becoming stale and I, you know at that point I don't think I was in any sort of freelance groups. I hadn't you know met any of you guys. I hadn't met any of the you know contact club people, and I was very alone. And that was provide that was you know that was proving kind of difficult as well. Um, it, it felt a bit like I re I reemerged anew, if that makes sense. Uh, I, you know, I rebranded at that point and. Yeah. When you came back to it, was that when you started to discover online communities? Yes, I think so. I can't remember the exact timelines, but it, it felt a bit like I had different eyes, if that makes sense. And I was looking at it differently and taking it more seriously. And yeah, the groups popped up. So maybe the universe was providing with, you know, <laughs> me with the, with the peeps. <laughs> so you found community online. Did you try and find community locally? Yes, I had a little look around. Uh, the town that I used to live in, I set up my own photography group, which is still running. And I feel very proud of that. And the community there is amazing. The town that I now live in, I got met with some really odd reactions to asking whether there was, you know, community, like freelance community groups existing, or if I could set one up. And a guy responded with, we have enough. So it put me off. It put me off, to be fair. <laughs> right? Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, you tried. Okay. So I did. And honestly, I can't be dealing with that. So, yes. <laughs> but we were talking about how your, yeah, so how your business evolved. So partly it evolved out of going back in and coming back out. So has it changed since then? Yeah, well, I guess it has because at the moment I'm predominantly working for Unsplash uh, in a freelance capacity uh, doing you know the odd brand job here and there oh right how did you so as in survey your client you doing design work for them no 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 so back I think about a year or so ago probably it was after the um, the disastrous working for somebody thing yeah um, they were advertising for people to become keywords and that's something that I used to do at the company that I worked for before in my admin thing because they were a cartoon image library so I got a job with them doing that along with a, a few other people and that came to an end uh last year I believe then another thing came up and because they knew of me they came to me directly and said they want some help with submissions so all the all the images that come in I go through and put them into their into their state. So I'm I'm I help Annie with all of that. Oh wow! Like, are you a photographer? Did you have a link to Unsplash in the first place, or I I was a photographer for a bit, and I did some commercial work. I wanted to to see if I could become a photographer, and and eventually found I ended up hating photography because I had to do it for a job. So I decided, right, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to do it commercially. I'm just going to do it for my own fun. <laughs> that was when I set up the the photography group in the town that I used to live in, which is still running. And um, yeah, so since then I've been sort of taking photos, you know, as a hobby since. Um, and yes, I upload to Unsplash. But as I say, because I got the tagging job, they knew of me and you know what I could bring so they 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 approached me to help Annie with the sub submissions yeah and so how does that fit alongside your design work that you're doing 
at the moment it's predominantly unsplashed. That's it's pretty much full time that I'm doing that. And if I get you know a brand job in, I'll you know do that uh, you know alongside, so I can shift my hours about and you know and make it work. But yeah, I, I, it's predominantly unsplashed at the moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. I must say, I do love like the you share a lot of your photography on. Mm. Uh, I guess probably Twitter. Twitter. Actually. But what I like about like when you're sharing your photography on Twitter is that you um, obviously that's not what you're marketing yourself as, you know, no. as a brand and marketing designer. And yet it gets across, I don't know, a sense of style. And huh. Yeah, I think it speaks volumes about you and your work, despite not actually being your branding yeah, work. That's, what, that that's, that's really nice to hear. Thank you. And how about this, uh, the way you've positioned yourself? Because I love your website. Okay. How has that changed over time? Oh, gosh. Well, I've had a, a couple of names. Uh, previous to Hello, I'm Nick was a mixed media, which looking at it now, it's ridiculous. What the heck was I thinking? Uh, that, <laughs> that didn't last very long. <laughs> um, and obviously, you know, as you grow as a person, you know, the business will grow as well. You know, you are your business. So, yeah. Um, then I, I became Hello, I'm Nick, which just is, you know, it's friendly. It's, you know, it's open. And my previous logo was, you know, a little bit more kind of playful than the one that I have now. And yeah, so the one that I have now is more kind of, you know, professional, I would say. Um, but also it shows, you know, it shows that I've grown. You know, if you if you look at the sort of timeline, you can see how much I've kind of grown. How did you find that process of rebranding yourself? It's so hard. <laughs> when you're branding or rebranding somebody else, you know, you can step away from it but you can get all the info, you can have all the information in front of you and there's no emotions attached to it. And, you know, you know, obviously there's, there's challenges and stuff, but when you're doing it for yourself, all the emotions are in there. You know, you, you want it to be a hundred percent perfect. And because I'm a perfectionist, it's like, it's honestly, it's, it was, it's the hardest thing. (laughs) How do you find like balancing work and life now? A lot easier. Um, yeah, I, I went through a few stages of burnout in the beginning. That was when, the life coach really came into her own because, you know, she sort of deals with that side of things. And another thing that's really helped with that is is knowing my worth and knowing when to say no. And honestly, the knowing when to say or, or learning how to say no was probably, I would say, the biggest lesson that I learned because I'm a people pleaser. So I like to just be like, yeah, I can do all the things. And that it doesn't work when you're a business person <laughs> at all. You work from home, right? I do. Yeah, it, it, some days get kind of lonely, so I'll I'll go to the local library, sit there and do some work. Do you give yourself a structure, or because it can be possible just to get up and like just work all day? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just become really like ingrained now. When I when I first started freelancing, I made a point of always wearing clothes. Obviously, not my pajamas, <laughs> like people think, uh, and uh, shoes and not slippers or, you know, bare feet, because it it gave me the feeling that I was working. So I always wore shoes at my desk at home. Uh, but obviously now it is very different and it's more relaxed. But yeah, so my day is um, I'm able to do some work, take breaks, and yeah, it's just become normal now. I like the psychological thing of the shoes. Yeah, honestly, it, it worked for me. See, for me, like working from, when I work from home, it's like, oh, I get to wear my slippers. <laughs> <laughs> it is like that for me now yeah it's brilliant and now <laughs> I'm I'm wondering about taking another pair because I've in the past 
you also moved into a co-work space and I wonder about mm. taking a pair of slippers into there <laughs> and whether Why that not? would look weird. I bet everybody will be following suit as soon yes. as you do it. Join the slipper club. Before you know yeah. it, though, I'll like have a little uh, dressing gown or something, you know, like a <laughs> yeah. freelancer's robe in the corner. Yes. Nice. Um, what would you say have been the biggest challenge of being freelance? The psychological side, 100%. I didn't anticipate it being so tough. And I don't think anybody really does. And I'm seeing a lot of articles now, and Dave Smith has done a, has, has done a couple, um, about how it's not for everybody. And, you know, because, you know, you, you see the glamour and the glitz when you, you know, on Twitter and stuff, but actually, you know, the, the, the learning how to say no, the, you know, valuing yourself, the, you know, the, um, the perfectionism that I, I went through, absolutely, you know, all the burnout that I went through is really tough. And, uh, and that's why I think I wrote something on that, uh, not that long ago about, you know, actually, you know, the practical side of it is the easy bit, the psychological side. Oh, yeah, tough. <laughs> How have you got around that? Life coach. Okay, I need to ask you more about the life coach as well. Yeah. Because I think I mentioned this to, to Hillary a few weeks back. Like, I'm intrigued as to how you know when a coach might be right for you. I personally am a huge fan of therapies and counselling. Um, I've had some personal stuff back you know, years ago. I had I had quite a bit and I got kind of really... It really helped me. I don't know if it helps everybody, but I would absolutely urge people to at least look at it. I think a lot of pe- a lot of people are kind of scared, or you know, they don't want to kind of delve too deep and all that. I love it. I absolutely really enjoy it. So it works for me. I would heartily recommend it. And how did you find a life coach? Um, this particular one was recommended to me by a friend who is a kind of similar, you know, she's similar to me in, in thinking, you know, she's, she's very kind of open-minded about lots of stuff. And, you know, we, we're kind of similar on that. And it, it we just clicked, um, me and this, this, this woman that I, and I use and it, yeah, it's been brilliant. I've been with her for like two years. Don't use her that often now, but back in, back in the early days, it was, yeah, it was, you know, every week and incredible. Yeah. And, you know, not all life coaches are that, you know, uh, You've got to be really careful and do a lot of kind of research. And, you know, normally they'll give you kind of like a, an hour of, of a taster. It's always worth doing that to sort of get to know get to know the person and whether you're going to click with them. And yeah. Mm, it's really interesting. Are you, you know, you obviously decided, first of all, to change your life, I guess, by leaving admin and becoming the designer that you, you wanted to yeah. be. Like, are you somebody who continues to look forward? Um. Yes. I want to keep growing as a person. That to me is really important. And I think that comes across, you know, in my, in my business, because obviously the person I was about five years ago, isn't who I am now. As I'm getting older, it's getting slower, but I think having an open mind to, to things and trying new things and allowing the failures is really important, even as you're getting older. Allowing the failures. Yes, that's something I, I, I'm really not comfortable with failing, even now. But you have to allow the failures because they are, they are the lessons. Nice. Now, I always do this thing where I ask for three facts about yourself to make two true and one a lie and let me figure out the lie. Yes. What do you have for me, Nick? Okay. My first one is I've been kissed by Rick Mail. <laughs> My, 
the second one. Uh, my business initials are hidden in my current logo. Right. And the other one is my favourite sugary treat is salted caramel. Okay. Oh, Matt, these are odd. In that I'm thinking... Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it feels like a smart, sneaky, clever thing to do, to put your working issues in your logo. I'm obviously not now going to go looking for your logo... That's cheating. Because exactly, that would be cheating. So now I'm trying to think. I mean, that feels like it feels like something that you may have done. Rick Mail, though, I'm intrigued. So Rick Mail, huge comedian at well, at comedy actor. How did you end up kissing Rick Mail, or him kissing you? So we were watching. We watched him in a play uh, in Bath, and my friend. I'm not really an autograph collector. I, I find that a bit cringe. But she was like, we need to go around the back. We need to get his autographs. I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. So we did. And he came out and put his arm around me and kissed me on the cheek. And then he thought, okay, I don't want to collect autographs, but I'm quite happy to collect yeah. moments of bacterial saliva. for <laughs> Absolutely, and I haven't washed since. So, <laughs> it was in the 90s. So, yeah. Um, yeah, do you know, I was going to say that must have been in the 90s. Just because you went to get autographs rather than selfies, there's quite a sweet moment. There must have been a crossover yeah. period where yeah. um, salted caramel. What's your favourite salted caramel like? Well, uh, salted like salted chocolate and all that sort of stuff. So uh, you know, any salted chocolate, any you know, salted caramel in salted, cho- you know, all that. Love it absolutely. So, so if any and now, okay, so now I'm sitting here thinking, is that that you loathe salted <laughs> caramel and? actually have started the anti-salted caramel what's wrong with you stop putting salted caramel in everything <laughs> league protests yeah i do you know i'm gonna say that's a lie just because i mean liking salted caramel wouldn't be that weird unless of course you absolutely hated it and that is the twist in this whole plot you've started the revolution against salted caramel just give us caramel stop putting salt in sweet stuff that is the lie Yes, it is. Yes! I absolutely hate it. <laughs> but yes, I did get kissed by Rick Mel and it was amazing. I didn't sleep that night. It was brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Now, if you could tell your younger self one thing about being freelance, what would that be? Don't listen to your dad. That's what I would tell her. <laughs> My dad is all very kind of, you know, earn money, grind your day, do normal things. And he's never really understood me and my brother's need to be different. And my brother was a, he was self-employed for a lot of years. He isn't now, but he was. And he never understood it. And my dad always, you know, I wanted to be a graphic designer back when I was young. And he, he was like, no, you don't want to go to university. Just go to college, work a job that you'll get money in for the rest of your life. <laughs> and and that, it, it was, yes, it worked. It was fine. And I got money and I was dead solely. And it, yeah. Yeah, don't listen to your dad. <laughs> well, I'm glad you figured it out in the end. In the end. Nick, thank you so much. Go to beingfreelance.com. There will be a link through to everything that Nick is up to. You so you can check out her website, which is really rather lovely. And now you can check out her logo and go, oh, yeah, so it does. Mm-hmm. Also, we'll, we'll put a link so you can see her photography work on Unsplash and find her on social so you can chat to her and say hi. Uh, anyway, all of that as for all of our guests at beingfreelance.com. Of course, while you're there, also check out the vlog and the articles. And importantly, click on community and come and join us online 
So freelancers from all around the world are right there ready to chat and support and have a laugh. And it's all right there at beingfreelance.com. But for now, Nick, thank you so much and all the best being freelance. Thank you, Steve.